Unshaken is a discipleship podcast that exists to edify and encourage all believers in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Apostle Paul writes, Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By His divine power, Jesus has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's consider together how we might spur one another on towards love and good works. Join us as we talk about various topics, including the work of the ministry, the many joys and challenges of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus promised would guide us into all truth. We continue today in Charles Spurgeon's book, Lectures to My Students, picking up in chapter 5 on sermons and their matter. Our great master theme is the good news from heaven, the tidings of mercy through the atoning death of Jesus, mercy to the chief of sinners upon their believing in Jesus. We must throw all our strength of judgment, memory, imagination, and eloquence into the delivery of the gospel and not give to the preaching of the cross our random thoughts while wayside topics engross our deeper meditations. Yeah, that's powerful, man. That's powerful. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I remember, who did I hear said that every message, it might have been Pastor Greg Laurie, every message you share, somewhere in that message, you should be talking about the cross. Because it's all about salvation. You know what I mean? Um, And not to mention, not specifically the word cross, but something that's in reference to the cross. Then you do do the topic of your study a great injustice. Because when it gets not right to it, the idea is God to speak to hearts that are out there that may not know him to, to come to know the knowledge of the truth. And it's the only mm-hmm. through the preaching of the cross that happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the climax of the biblical yep. narrative. Yep. It, it, without, without the good news, yeah, these are just stories, right? That's all it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, then, then what are we doing? Yeah. You know, why, why are we doing what we're doing? We don't. We wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's good. And, yeah, and, and, and he says not to give... Uh, to the preaching of the cross are random thoughts, Ran- random thoughts. Uh, I-, I pray that anytime I, I get into the pulpit, it- it's not random thoughts of, yeah. you know, what I think or how it makes me feel because, you know, that's all irrelevant yep. when it comes to the preaching of God's word and his yep. truth and, and the essentials, the, the gospel, yep. the good news. There, there's so much more important things to talk yeah. about than, than the random the yeah. randomness uh, that that comes yeah. to mind and and that's where you know sermon prepping, and and being in constant prayer throughout the week yeah. leading up to Sunday or whenever yeah. services, that's that's where huge. you get yeah that's where you're going to get away from the random thoughts because to me when you have random thoughts on any subject or doctrine or theology you're going to be mentioned from the pulpit, to me that means you you haven't put in the time you haven't done, you haven't done put in time of uh, prayer preparation. Um, reading preparation, meditation on your text, and then at that point, now you begin to sermonize and put everything together. That's where you get away from the random thoughts because now it's not you in the pulpit, but it's God working through you. And when God works through you through the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't see how under God's green earth you can have random thoughts at that point. Yeah, You can have, um, to me, um, you know, inspirational thoughts that will come because you've spent so much quality and quantity of time in preparation, now your mind is open to the diversity of however God will take you in another direction. 
in continuity with your study, but to minister stuff that maybe you've, you've never even prepared. It's there. Those aren't random thoughts. No. That, those are godly those are, thoughts. Yeah, spirit-filled thoughts. That come in, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, for me, to me, it's like, it's impossible to have random thoughts if you put in the time. Random thoughts come is because you haven't prepared well enough, so now you're randomly trying to fill the time to get through your sermon. To me, that's a travesty when you do that. Yeah, It is. It's a real travesty. The next sentence over, he says, Brethren, first and above all things, yeah. keep to plain evangelical doctrines. Whatever else you do or do not preach, be sure incessantly to bring forth the soul-saving truth of of Christ and Him crucified. Yep. And that, and what do I think of? I think of 1 Corinthians 2, 2, yep. where, where Paul writes, For I determined to not to know anything okay. among you except Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ and, and Him crucified. crucified. Like That's, that's yep. it. That, that's a lie. You think about our life... Um, we do what we do is because we are told, you know, to crucify the old man. Without that, then we, we and even in, in that um, commandment, you know, we still battle with the old flesh every day, you know. So we understand the importance of getting this old man to die so that Christ can live through us more um, freely and more visibly. And yet it's a battle. We know it's a battle. But I think, like you said, you know, going through this book and going through what we're ch in this chapter particularly, Getting to the fundamentals of God's word, it helps us to um, to keep that old man buried, mm. to have more of Christ alive in us. Because more we get, the more we get of God's word in us, living through us, then it's not as much of a challenge every day to wake up and have more of your flesh be predominant within your life rather than the spirit. That's why I think devotions are important. Absolutely. Spending time in the word in prayer is important. Doing what we're doing right here. Um, iron sharpens iron, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's important. And, and I think that's one of the elements missing in the church today is that you don't have people taking the time to sharpen each other. I mean, I have, like I said, my good friend Rick, you know, we, we, I, we call each other almost every morning, wow. you know, whether to pray or he'll call me sometimes, um, say, hey, man, what are you going to be doing in your office later on today? Uh, no, just nothing. Why? Studying probably goes, I'm, I'm going to call you later and pray. And he'll call me. Or if I know something's going on, I'll pray. I'll call him and say, hey, let me pray for you right now. So that's, even though it's a long-distance friendship, yeah. nonetheless, it's something that we're doing for each other to keep one another accountable mm -hmm. in the things that we're called to do. And just like for like you and I doing this, this is great. Yeah. Um, this is really, really good yeah. because yeah. it's building each other up in the faith. Yeah, yeah it, it, it adds so much more depth to the friendship, too, yeah. when, when, you're, when you're bonding over you yeah. know, the spiritual things yeah. uh, of God. And, oh, man. And like I said, you know, I'm... And what what's a blessing to me for doing this is that you know you're a young guy, so whatever I can impart to you to help you, um, and pass that baton to you and to help you to become more um, mature and more skilled in what God's called. And in fact, the desire that you want to learn, you want to teach, mm -hmm. uh, that's a blessing, you know. And I'm not I'm not the greatest teacher, but I I hopefully I can impart things to you that will help you develop that skill and to be really really. Um, good at what God's called you to do, yeah. the best for him, you know. That's why you need to get in the pulpit, you know, <laughs> get you in the pulpit. Yeah, hey, I, 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 I welcome, you know, the, the opportunities, yeah. and especially these chances to get with you to, to, to pick your brain and, and all of your years of ministry that you have yeah. under your belt of, of experience. You know, I'm, I'm college educated, but it's just not the same. It's just yeah, I'm, I'm on from I'm from the other side of the fence. Yeah. I have no seminary training other than the fact that I went to my home church's you know uh, pastoral school, 
But other than that, it was just on the job training, you know, God through yeah. the spirit and, and good mentors in my life as well. And they were probably the best um, tools of learning of I had people that that had been in ministry longer than me at that time to help me along the path to mm. get to me, get me to where I am today. And the, the beautiful thing is you never arrive, you know, you, you yeah. know, there, you're, you're always um, there's room for improvement. Um, whether it's teaching, your ministry, you know, you go out in the field and you do something, you come back, you evaluate, and you're like, oh, man, you're kicking yourself. But that's the beauty of of, of being in that place is because you never want to get to a, an area of thinking that, you know, I've got everything under control now, and I, yeah. and I don't, you know what I mean? And that's So for me to be here to sit with you is a blessing. It's really an honor yeah. to impart and, yeah, you likewise. know. Yeah, I like page 77. I, I know, I'm sure you underlined. I like what he said there. In the second paragraph, believing my next remark to be almost universally unneeded, I bring it forward with uh, diffidence. Do not overload a sermon with too much matter. All truth is not to be comprised in one discourse. Sermons are not to be bodies of divinity. There is such a thing as having too much to say and saying it till hearers are sent home loathing rather than longing. Mm. And I highlighted that and underlined it because I thought, that is so true. And like I said, remember I was sharing with you, I had good mentors that in, in developing and in, in teaching. And when I went to Kentucky and started the ministry there, my friend who had been through Simon Greenleaf School of Law, great Bible teacher, good friend of mine and was part of my board. He told me, Bob, when you teach the word, give them enough to where they want to come back next week for more. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I and I never forgot that. He says you can give them so much stuff that they go home and they don't even remember the the text of what you just taught them because they they walk away with just brain overload. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, that's, what, that's that's exactly what they do with TV shows, yep. right? Yep. TV series. Yep. Oh yeah. They, 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 yeah. They, oh, they create this cliffhanger <laughs> yeah, at the very no. end, and now you're waiting a whole week just for the next episode. Are you kidding me? It's over already. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, and teaching is the same principle. Yeah. Even when you're going through a, a book study, right? Um, you always and chapter by chapter, but you always want to leave them just on their seat, hanging, because now they got to come back next week. They hear the rest of the story yeah. until the book is done. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. what's um. But like I said, I had so I read that I, I highlighted, I underlined it, because it's a good it's a good remembrance for myself as well. Because you can get into a place when you get into study and you're preparing and you're prayed and you're ready and you're going that you can get in this place of giving too much stuff. Mm. Even, and although you don't realize it, you know, I, I check myself, that's why I always take my study home the night before I go over it, and I like, I read and go, oh man, I got too much stuff in here. So I, you know, I gotta start cutting stuff out. And then you start thinking, man, am I gonna uh, have enough co- uh, contents for time? And God by the Spirit says, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll fill the time. You just do what you're called to do. And then so when God shows me I have too much uh stuff in my study then i'll take stuff out or mm. if i have stuff in there and i think is this relevant to share i'll always mark in there if time permits it's not a main point it might be a tasty point in a sense and it's in con it's in context but if i don't have the time that's why i take my watch off i'm watching my time i'm looking no no i won't do it yeah. if i feel like it's going to be take away it's going to end up running i don't like running over you know how i am i like staying on context on, on time so that's that's really good what he shared there. That might have been one for me. Might have been the nugget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know l- less mean? less is more. Yeah. Less less is more. Uh, a lot of a lot of the times. Yeah. He says a couple sentences down. You should make your sermons like a <laughs> yeah, loaf of bread, yeah, fit for <laughs> eating, 
and in uh, convenient form. Um, and then, yeah, then he hits upon like what we were talking about earlier, our more degenerate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, perhaps more busy generation requires about an ounce of doctrine at a time uh, compared to, uh, he said, our forefathers, right, who they yeah. rejoiced in 16 ounces yeah. of divinity. Here we are. Uh, maybe we, we can only take in an ounce. Uh, yeah, I, I read that, and I, because, and I, you know, recently I always question, you, I question, like, why? You know, why is our generation today, um, they just can't take more? And, and I just felt the Lord saying it's because the generation today, this church generation, 21st century, they don't spend the, the time in God's Word mm-hmm. to want more. I think when you're in God's Word, you want more. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I thank the Lord, you know, like when I got saved and I got saved because I knew, I knew that it was God's time. I knew my life and I knew, man, you know, um, he took me out of the junk and I, mm. and I realized that. So I had a, I had, I got blessed by having a good discipline very early on of getting to God's word. And plus I had a good pastor that really intrigued my, my curiosity to want to know, like I was telling you, how did he get that? So I started, I mean, very early on in my walk to just get in God's Word and to want to know more. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my, my first wife being ill and in the hospital many times, I used all that time set up in my, I had an extra room and made it a study, and I would go in there for hours and just minor prophets go through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, writing notes out, getting to this habit of, of wanting more. And that's kind of carried over to today, you know, and mm-hmm. um, because I want more. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I get up and do devotions. And like I said, sometimes I got to be careful because I, I go on my phone and I start looking up, you know, references like, wow, what, what did that mean? <laughs> then I'm looking at my wife. I go, what am I doing? You know, this is devotion. Well, I think, I think <laughs> that, that, that's sort of part of the answer to your, your question is our, our generation, the younger generations today, we're, we're growing up on, on technology. Yeah. No, that, yeah. And, yeah. and if, if everything we're, we're reading is on our phones, on our computers, you know, one thing leads to another, and yep. and boom, we're we're yep. on YouTube watching random videos <laughs> for for hours on end, yep. and yeah, where has the time gone? Yep. For 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 you and, and 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 the older generations, you you guys didn't grow up yeah, on that. We, we didn't have that. You, you're you're used to even today, I would say, right? You're used to the the hard copy yep. books. Yeah. When you read yep. your Bible, it's yep. it's the physical, yep. it's it's the real yep. the real thing. It's it's not. Uh, the U version Bible lab yeah. or, or something like that, which again, it's not a bad thing. No, 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 no. But I think that um, technology has has very much um, been been a part of the the generations, these upcoming generations. Yeah. Just you know, their their attention span is just so yeah. I mean, so short. I, I'm not. A, I'm, I mean, granted, I can go on my computer and and bring up probably every resource that I have in my library. And have it right before me on the screen, but I'm I'm a reader. I've always been a reader from a kid, and it just seems like when I read in a book and can read the same thing on a on a computer screen, I don't get the same sense out of it. Because mm. when I read in the book, my mind just goes just goes out, you know, vertically, and it helps me to really begin to to do see other things uh, from that particular whatever I'm looking at in preparation, let's say for a study or you know, Discipleship Harbor, my mind goes out and I just have better retention as well. 
as looking in a computer screen because I'm not. I didn't grow up in that era. Yeah. I'm not a computer guy. Never have been. I'm still really computer illiterate. You know how I am, right? <laughs> I mean, like, shoot, I had to call, call my daughter. It's, how, how do you turn the page sideways? My daughter, like, what? <laughs> Get on your computer. Go to the settings. Click this. Oh, okay. Now I got oh, it. Man. I mean, <laughs> it's just, so that's how illiterate I am with computers, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think. It's great for the church today because you can get the gospel out. You can reach the masses in yep. a mo- matter of moments. But I think you, you have to uh, be balanced. You know what I mean? Definitely. Gotta, you you got to be balanced. Definitely. And that's even a detriment in the church itself today, too, to where we can get away from the simplicity within the ministry and put so much emphasis on technology within mm-hmm. the church. Yep. And we forget our roots, where we came from, which was what? Prayer? And the body of Christ coming together in support of one another. And so, like I said, I don't, I have nothing against technology. I think we got a great technical team here. I just think we have to be careful that we don't get away yeah. from what brought us to where we're at today. Right. That's what's what's important. Yeah. You know, back I mean? to the basics. Yeah, I, I think that's like like that we were talking about. It's it's good to to revisit that from time to yep. time. Not, I think even just one, once a year is is not enough. It you know, oh, yeah, it yeah, needs yeah, yeah. to be more yeah. more often than that that we revisit. Uh, the basics, the fundamentals of our faith. Yep. This is kind of what we uh, talked about a little bit also uh, on the bottom of uh, page 77. Mm-hmm. It says, Do not let your thoughts rush as a mob, but make them march as a troop of soldiery. Order, which is heaven's first law, must not be neglected by heaven's ambassadors. Your doctrinal teaching should be clear and unmistakable. To be so, it must first of all be clear to yourself. Oh. So... Yeah, that's important. I mean, if you if you don't understand what you're going to be teaching or you don't know that you're going to be a train wreck in the pulpit, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's true. I mean, like, again, that um, comes with sermon preparation, prayer. Like I tell you, you know, reading the text over and over again so that you understand exactly where you're going with your study. And because I don't think repetition teaches a donkey, you know, because we can be stubborn at times of learning, but yet... I like as in good mentors. I would just I would read the text over and over and over. Whatever I'm reading, if it's a chapter, I'm reading the whole chapter over and over again, so that I am I am I am confident of what I'm reading and I understand where I'm going with my study. Yeah, and that comes with repetition. You know, it's really really important. So yeah, that's real. That's good. That's a really good point. And like how <clears> you were talking about too about the the importance of an outline and how it yep. it creates a, a general framework yep. to which we go off of yep. and. And it keeps us, it keeps us on track. Well, it develops order, like you said, order. In order. Yeah. It keeps it, it. It develops order in your study. Yeah. Because uh, you know where your main points are, where your sub points are, <clears throat> and you know where you're taking your study and how you're going to climax the study. You know, you you start here, you should end here as well. You should shouldn't go here and then you end up down on a downer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and you should start well and you should end well on a, on a crescendo. Yeah. You know, that's the way that we should, um, whenever we're teaching the Word of God, it's, you're leaving people on a high note, you know, when you're at the conclusion of your message. Mm. Page 78, right in the middle of the um, page where it says, No man can hope to be felt who cannot make himself understood. If we give our people refined truth, pure scriptural doctrine, and also worded as to have no needless obscurity about it, we shall be true shepherds of the sheep, and the profit of our people will soon be apparent. And I, I thought that was really, really uh, also very um, a great uh, thing that he said there. Because if you think about it, as pastors, we have whether you're a senior pastor or not, you still have a great responsibility 
for the people that come to the church, the sheep, um, whatever you're doing. I mean, like you're saying, you, for you with worship next to the pulpit, that's a huge responsibility. Yeah, you have. that's huge. Oh, for sure. You know, you're leading God's people. Uh, if you think about it, into the very presence of the Lord, you know, into the Holy of Holies, and what a privilege that is. And to me, for what you do, that's huge, man. And why don't you take the congregation, and you don't know what state they're coming in to the church, what what happened that morning, what happened through the week, what happened to the day before, mm. what was going on in their relationship with their spouse, what their job, and now they come. And so I'm sure some people come to the church, they're broken. Yeah. And so John Akana, Pastor John Akana, as God leads, now you you want to take them right into the presence of God for what? For whether for healing, for renewal, for encouragement. Yeah for strength, whatever it might be, right into right. that place, you know, right. that throne of grace. Yeah. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, how important it is to recognize God's people, they mean a lot to God, and they need. They should mean a lot to us. I mean, mm -hmm. they, you yeah. know, yeah, we can be ourselves, and we can interact with them and have fun, but at the end of the, of the day, in, in, our, our, in our time of ministry, uh, did we do what we were supposed to do? when it came to ministering to, you know, God's people. Yeah. You know, like I said, you, I mean, I don't envy your position, dude. I, <laughs> I don't. I, worship, wor I, I work in music in the secular end, which is quite different. You're, yeah. still, you're still pleasing the masses, but in a different way. Right. Yours now is to bring the masses to glorify God. Mm. There's a spiritual element. Exactly, and, and yeah. Man, it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it requires a lot from us. Yeah. And, man, you... Well, you have a responsibility. You have a whole team, right? Right, and they got to be volunteers. Yeah, you have a whole team. But just, just the idea too that lately that God has been showing me is how worship is is warfare. When we worship, we we are oh, literally yeah. going to war, and that's what it's yeah. been feeling like for me for the, these last couple of weeks, especially with you know COVID and everything going yep. on, and yep. and uh, and it's a it's a privilege. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a special unique calling that. Isn't for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I yeah. Admit, you're right. Yeah. yeah. This is really good stuff. So, there was so much in this chapter, man. Uh, it's just really, really good. I like what he said. I mean, there's stuff here, but when you get uh, down on page 78 of the second to the last, par last paragraph, which I think this is really a point in what he shared here. He says, we dare not shut our eyes to other teachings of the word, and we feel bound to make full proof of, of our ministry by declaring the whole counsel of God. I think what he's sharing there is that sometimes we can get into a place of not quoting other people, you know what I'm saying, or shutting ourselves off to other people's um, teaching of God's word. And I, and I like what he shares it because for me, I don't have a problem not plagiarizing, but sharing something that I feel like, wow, this is really cool what, what was shared on this point in the text that I'm going to be teaching on, you know, on a Sunday or, or, or Sunday night, whatever. And I and I like that. I like what he said there. Because all that these good men uh, hold of grace and sovereignty, we maintain as firmly and boldly as they, but we dare not shut our eyes to other teachings. I like what he said there. Um, I think we should glean because that diversifies, you know, ourselves as as ministers of the gospel. You know what I'm saying? So right, I I, right. I like what he said there. It's, really it's, it's a humble posture to showing, right? That we, you know, we we don't we don't have it all figured out. That there's men oh, no. that have come before us. There's men 
godly men that are with us today yeah. that have you know some some wonderful insights. And that's why you have commentaries. Yeah, you know, yeah. men that that were decades, hundreds of years before us, and yet they had profound things to share that we don't get today in your more modern translations or or references of the Bible, where these guys are old school, mm-hmm. you know, the Puritans. They're yeah. much different in their interpretation of scriptures, which to me is more wholesome. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I like the Puritans. I yeah, like what they have too. to share. Yeah. yeah, there used to be this one website you can't get in where it was called Fire and Ice, and it's not on it, but this, they had thousands and thousands of quotes of the old Puritans on every to- subject, every mat- every topic you can think of. Mm. And I went to read, because I used to go to it and, and read stuff. I can't, it's not on there anymore. I don't know why. Oh, it's a man. bummer. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, pu- Puritan writings is... Yeah. It's, it's pure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why they call it. Yeah. That, yeah. Let your... Uh, this is about bottom of 78, uh, that last paragraph. Yeah. Let your teachings yeah. grow and advance. Let them deepen within your experience and rise with your soul progress. Yeah. Uh, a couple of sentences down after yeah. that. Let our depth and insight continually increase, and where there is spiritual advance, it will be so. Yep. So, I mean, you—you've again, you're—you're—you're you're, you're older than me. You've—you've—you've you've, um, you've been in the ministry much much longer. So I'm sure you can speak into this idea of, um, you know, personal growth uh, spiritually and how that has impacted your your teaching yeah i mean when you when you prepare a study i mean i think sometimes what we need not to forget is the implement the implications of how the study is going to minister to you first it should always be personal first you know um not that you're out there telling your, your life story through the study but when you teach in a study and and you're preparing the prayer should be lord um how's this to me how's this if, to my life and God shows you when you're when you're open with God, you know He'll show you certain things that this study is going to impact you, or the study, certain parts of that study, has to do with your own personal life. Then what happens when you teach from the pulpit? It becomes much more personal. You know what I mean? You have much more relatability with the congregation because God s- spoke to you about it already. Not maybe not maybe everything, but certain points you have in there or subpoints is a reflection of something that God dealt with you or something you went through, or something even you might be going through at that particular moment, but you're not thinking about that because you're so focused on getting your study prepared for the congregation. When that happens, then there's much more depth to your your teaching, but not only that, there's much more personal growth because mm. now you're, you're experiencing what you're supposed to do and, and the scriptures come alive. That's basically yeah. what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be alive to you. I mean, we can, and the danger in, in teaching is you, you can become very academic and there's a place for that, but to the congregation, uh, for me, I think they want practicality, and they want personality, and they can sense that when you teach the genuineness of, of that coming from you, that, hey, this guy went through this, even though you don't have to share it, but it's the way you're expressing that they can sense that this is something that, that uh, you know, that God spoke to him about, and I think that's what's important and how we grow in our relationship with Christ is that we should never get to a place where we feel like we can't grow. I think that's dangerous when you think that there's no growth for you anymore. I'm not saying that that happens, but it's a mentality. But I think. it can, yeah, yeah, you can get there where you don't feel like, you know, 
That's it. I've heard that before. And you yep. know, I, Oh, that's know. dangerous. I, yeah. I, I've heard people say, or they go, oh, he's teaching the same thing, or I've already heard this study. And so, are we really, you, you're going to shut down because you heard this before? I go, that's, that's to me, blasphemous mm. <laughs> when you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've sat under Daryl for 17 years, and I've heard almost, and I've heard a lot of the stuff that he's shared before, but that doesn't mean I cl- turn my ears off to him. He's my pastor. Yeah. Part of part of um, showing support is to him is when the congregation senses that you're standing behind your pastor no matter what, and that's important. And that's the growth as well as too, you know, because God's word, God's word never gets old. You know what I mean? It's always fresh yep. in you, like you're saying it's all ti- the time. Yeah, yep. it's timeless. Yep. Yeah, like going like uh, going on with that same um, thought at the end of seventy eight, where he says our earlier productions must be surpassed by those of our riper years. We must never make these our models. They will be best burned or only preserved to be mourned over because of our of their superficial character. It were ill indeed if we knew no more after being many years in Christ's school. Our progress may be slow, but progress there must be, or there will be cause to suspect that the inner life is lacking or sadly unhealthy, exactly what we're talking about. Set it before you as most certain that you have not yet attained, and may grace be given to you, to pr- uh, giving you to press forward towards that which yet is, is yet beyond. And I really like what you said. That that's exactly what we're talking about right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just keep on moving forward. And it's, I say when you read the Word of God, it's like I'm sure you've had this happen. You're reading, you're going through a particular chapter you've read, let's say, 50 times already. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're reading and something just jumps off the page and slaps you in the head, right? <laughs> And you go, whoa, man, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then, I mean, it. it's it's a shot at my pride, too. I, I think there, there's times where it's like, man, I, I should have seen this. How come I didn't see this before? Yeah. Or it's just, yeah, a, a totally different posture of, wow, God, you, you're you still speaking. Yeah. And you're using this passage that I am I know like the back of my hand. Yep. To, to reveal more of yourself and your glory. And that's what's so great about God's word because it's unpredictable when it comes to when stuff like that happens. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like I said, for example, that we saw the movie Before the Wrath. You know how many times I've read through the wedding at Cana and all this other stuff and Christ talking about the imminent return. But then when, I, when they showed that, I'm like, dang, I read this thing so many times, but I never saw it. Mm. Never made the parallels, which I'll, now at that point, the next day, I, I Googled it. Because I was so intrigued by the parallels between a Galilean wedding, the customs and culture, to Christ talking about the rapture of the church, and it just and I I took an hour yeah. doing research easily. It, it blew <laughs> yeah. my oh yeah I could but it, it blew me out of the water but it was it was exciting because even though I've read it many times before it now became became a new truth you know at that point so it was really cool. He's basically wrapping it up on 79 and 80. Yeah. You know, um, sort of summarize to summarize the chapter, uh, the middle of 79, he says, Of all I would wish to say, this is the sum. My brethren, preach Christ always and evermore. Mm-hmm. He is the whole gospel. His person, offices, and work must be our one great all-comprehending theme. The world needs still to be told of its Savior, and of the way to reach him. Justification by faith should be far more than it is the daily testimony of Protestant pulpits. And if with this master this master truth, 
there should be more generally associated the other great doctrines of grace, the better for our churches in our age. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I think when you read that and what you just shared there, how relevant is that today with what's going on? You know what I mean? Uh, you look around and, and yeah, Jesus Christ, he is hope. And how much the world and even our own country needs to hear the message of hope today. I mean, I, I believe in my heart that, you know, because of what's going on, there's been both sides of the fence, you know, many come into faith in Christ, you know, because of the sense of fear and anxiety and stress. Um, we know that many have come to Christ, but on the same token, we have so many angry people out there that are, you know, moving away from the faith as well. You know, mm. I was reading today about the lead singer for one of the major Christian group. They, the band just disbanded, took a hiatus, but he no longer believes in God. And that's, I mean, this if huge band and says, I grew up in a Christian home and with all that's going on, I don't, I don't believe in God anymore. He questioned evil. He questioned all the stuff going on. And I'm like, dude, what part of the Bible did you not read about sin? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So are you saying God is the author of evil? That's basically what you're saying, and you know, and that's God is not. Does he allow evil? Yeah. That's called choice. Same as, you know, somebody made the comment, it's free will and choice. You came to accept Christ your Savior, not because God made you. You chose to accept him. It was free will. So thus, all the evil in the world that's going on, it's, it's free will. People choose to do evil or not, but there's going to come a day of reckoning that God's going to correct the wrong, you know, when Christ comes back to rule. But it breaks my heart because, you know, these some of these guys are very influential in the, on the stage, you know, with their music. And, you know, to hear somebody just all of a sudden, I don't believe in God anymore. I grew up as a Christian. I, 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 I question my faith and I just can't I can't believe that that uh, this is the, the God that I would serve, that would uh, that have these things happen. But he's not he was just one. There was a few other ones that were mentioned mm. that have moved away from um believing God and you know like I talked to my wife about it she said well it's like the Bible says that in the last days you know many hearts will ask will grow cold in the faith and we see that so to me how exciting it is though that we have an opportunity to be a, a spokesperson for him in the times we are living absolutely you know? yes absolutely. yeah bottom of uh, 79 real quick he, yeah. he also mentions more and more Am I jealous lest any views upon prophecy, church government, politics, or even systematic theology should withdraw one of us from glorying in the cross of Christ? Oh, that Christ crucified were the universal yep. burden of men of God. Yep. And, you know, these other topics, you know, prophecy, politics, theology, they can all be very good things. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, um, we can have meaningful discussions about yep. these things, but man, the cross of Christ, th th that has got to yep. be the central uh, focal point yep. of it all. Yep. Uh, and I think, I think Satan almost uses these other things to, to distract and to get oh, our minds off means. of, off, off of the, the cross. Espe and, especially yeah. today, you know, you, you hear a lot about what's going on today that is really a non-essential and he's doing a good job of bringing those non-essentials to become essential, even in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And people don't need people hear about it all the time. They don't need to hear it, whether from us. I mean, I think there's a place to maybe to exhort, 
but not making a sermon. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to exhort and to keep people informed. None, nonetheless, if everybody, anybody's watching the news or whatever, they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So what do we combat that with? Like you said, preach the cross of Christ. That's hope. That's healing. Amen. That's what gives, it takes away fear. I mean, the Bible says, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, mm. you know, power, love, and sound mind. The gospel is what brings that to the forefront. Um, in light of what we're going through, all the stuff we're going through, yeah, yeah. that's a great distraction today. Yeah. And I, I think he's using that, Satan's using it in the church mm-hmm. to cause people to look away from what's really important to the secondary issues that mean nothing when it comes to our faith and our relationship with God. Yeah. And we have to just be careful. So in the end, I like what he says in the closing in chapter, I mean, verse, page 80 says, right then, to have faithfully unveiled the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ will be in the final judgment accounted a worthier service than to have solved the problems of the religious sphinx or to have cut the, Gord, the Gordian knot of apocalyptic difficulty. Blessed is the ministry of which Christ is all. And, you know, it's like in a nutshell, man, that's it. You know, what we do, what we do. You, you're doing worship. It's all about Christ. Uh, me doing counseling or mission trips or teaching, it's all about Christ. Right. You know, my family, it's all about Christ. Has to be. You know, it's like Joshua said, as for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, from the time he brought me into, this, into the faith until he takes me home, it's all about Christ, yeah. you know. Any, anything less than that or short of that yeah. is, is just not worthwhile. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and let's pray. pray for us. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for this just incredible discussion and a humbling discussion uh, on on sermon on our you know what matters most. And we know as Spurgeon brought it out, what matters most is the cross of Jesus Christ. And in light of what we're facing today, Lord, especially in the church, that we get so distracted by non-essentials, and yet the body of believers, there are many people that are hurting today living in fear and anxiety, stress. A lot of people have lost jobs, uh, their livelihood, lost lives as well, loved ones. But we know with Christ there's always hope. So, Father, we, we thank you as John and I are going through this book, just sharpening each other and growing uh, closer as, as brothers in Christ, as co-laborers in the work that you have called us to do. And what a blessing, Lord. And so, God, may you continue to work in and through us, Father, as we go through this book. May we grow stronger and yet more humble in the service that we do for you each and every day. And we count a privilege, Father, whether it's, you know, John doing worship, leading your people into your very presence. What a blessed um, calling you a place on his life, but yet it is a, it's a challenging call. And for me, being in the ministry as a pastor for many years, uh, I, I thank you so much, Lord, that you would choose to use um, individuals like us. You know, we were nobody, but yet you have made us a somebody so that we can preach the gospel to nobodies that are out there, that they can be a somebody as well. So, Lord, thank you so much for uh, choosing this text for us to go through. We, we are excited, and we're, we're learning, we're growing, and we give you all the glory for the opportunity to be able to, to do this. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.